Hello, my name is Ashley Lambert, and this is Very Sleepy, a podcast to help you fall asleep. So, close your eyes and take a deep breath. Settle in for tonight's story, The Frost Fairies, by Margaret T. Canby. As we enter the very first day of winter and the holiday season, rumblings about Jack Frost tend to come up. Tonight's short story does have some controversy attached to it, though, amazingly enough. The Frost King, originally titled Autumn Leaves, is a short story about King Jack Frost, but it was written by Helen Keller, who was 11 years old. Keller's teacher, Anne Sullivan, had mentioned that the autumn leaves were painted all sorts of colors and Keller, by her own account, imagined fairies doing the work. So she wrote a story. And as a birthday gift, she sent the story to the head of the Perkins School for the Blind, who published that story in 1892. However, the controversy is that it was believed that Keller plagiarized the original story, The Frost Fairies, by Margaret T. Canby. No matter what, stories of winter and the holidays and Jack Frost have stood the test of time, however they've been recreated. So get ready for tonight's story, The Frost Fairies, and I hope it makes you very, very sleepy. King Frost, or Jack Frost, as he is sometimes called, lived in a cold country far to the north. But every year, he takes a journey over the world in a car of golden clouds drawn by a strong and rapid steed called North Wind. Wherever he goes, he does many wonderful things. He builds bridges over every stream, clear as glass in appearance, but often strong as iron. He puts the flowers and plants to sleep by one touch of his hand, and they all bow down and sink into the warm earth until spring returns. Then, lest we should grieve for the flowers, he places at our window lovely wreaths and sprays of his white northern flowers or delicate little forests of fairy pine trees pure white and very beautiful but his most wonderful work is the painting of the trees which look after his task is done as if they were covered with the brightest layers of gold and rubies and are beautiful enough to comfort us for the flight of summer. 
I will tell you how King Frost first thought of this kind work, for it is a strange story. You must know that this king, like all other kings, has great treasures of gold and precious stones in his palace. But being a good-hearted old fellow, he does not keep his riches locked up all the time, but tries to do good and make others happy with them. He has two neighbors who live still farther north. One is King Winter, a cross and churlish old monarch who is hard and cruel and delights in making the poor suffer and weep. But the other neighbor is Santa Claus, a fine, good-natured, jolly old soul who loves to do good and who brings presents to the poor and to the nice little children at Christmas. Well, one day King Frost was trying to think of some good that he could do with his treasure, and suddenly he concluded to send some of it to his kind neighbor, Santa Claus, to buy presents of food and clothing for the poor that they might not suffer so much when King Winter went near their homes. So he called together his merry little fairies and showing them a number of jars and vases filled with gold and precious stones, told them to carry those carefully to the palace of Santa Claus and give them to him with the compliments of King Frost. He will know how to make good use of the treasure, added Jack Frost. Then he told the fairies not to loiter by the way but to do his bidding quickly. The fairies promised obedience and soon started on their journey, dragging the great glass jars and vases along as well as they could, and now and then grumbling a little at having such hard work to do, for they were idle fairies and liked play better than work. At last, they reached a great forest, and being quite tired, they decided to rest a while and look for nuts before going any further. But, lest the treasure should be stolen from them, they hid the jars among the thick leaves of the forest trees, placing some high up near the top, and others in different parts of the various trees, until they thought no one could find them. Then they began to wander about and hunt for nuts and climb the trees to shake them down and worked much harder for their own pleasure than they had done for their master's bidding. For it is a strange truth that fairies and children never complain of the toil and trouble they take in search of amusement, although they often grumble when asked to work for the good of others." The frost fairies were so busy and so merry over their nutting frolic that they soon forgot their errand and their king's command to go quickly. But as they played and loitered in the forest until noon, they found out the reason why they were told to hasten. For although they had, as they thought, hidden the treasure so carefully, they had not secured it from the power of Mr. Sun 
who was an enemy of Jack Frost and delighted to undo his work and weaken him whenever he could. Mr. Sun's bright eyes found out the jars of treasure among the trees, and as the idle fairies left them there until noon, at which time Mr. Sun is the strongest, the delicate glass began to melt and break, and before long every jar and vase was cracked or broken, and the precious treasures they contained were melting too, and dripping slowly in streams of gold and crimson over the trees and bushes of the forest. Still, for a while the frost fairies did not notice this strange occurrence, for they were down on the grass, so far below the treetops, that the wonderful shower of treasure was a long time in reaching them. But at last, one of them said, Hark! I believe it is raining. I certainly hear the falling drops. The others laughed and told him that it seldom rained when the sun was shining. But they listened. They plainly heard the tinkling of many drops falling through the forest and sliding from leaf to leaf until they reached the bramble bushes beside them when, to their great dismay, they found that the raindrops were melted rubies which hardened on the leaves and turned them to bright crimson in a moment. Then, looking more closely at the trees around, they saw that the treasure was all melting away and that much of it was already spread over the leaves of the oak trees and maples which were shining with their gorgeous dress of gold and bronze, crimson and emerald. It was very beautiful. But the idle fairies were too much frightened at the mischief their disobedience had caused to admire the beauty of the forest and at once tried to hide themselves among the bushes lest King Frost should come and punish them. Their fears were well-founded, for their long absence had alarmed the king, and he had just started out to look for his tardy servants, and just as they were all hidden, he came slowly along, looking on all sides for the fairies. Of course, he soon noticed the brightness of the leaves and discovered the cause, too. When he caught sight of the broken jars and vases from which the melted treasure was still dropping. And when he came to the nut trees, he saw the shells left by the idle fairies and all the traces of their frolic. He knew exactly how they had acted and that they had disobeyed him by playing and loitering on their way through the woods. King Frost frowned and looked very angry at first, and his fairies trembled for fear and cowered still lower in their hiding places. But just then, two little children came dancing through the wood, and though they did not see King Frost or the fairies, they saw the beautiful colors of the leaves and laughed with delight and began picking great bunches to take to their mother. The leaves are as pretty as flowers, said they, and they called the golden leaves buttercups and the red ones roses, and were very happy as they went singing through the wood. 
Their pleasure charmed away King Frost's anger, and he too began to admire the painted trees. And at last he said to himself, My treasures are not wasted if they make little children happy. I will not be offended at my idle, thoughtless fairies, for they have taught me a new way of doing good. When the frost fairies heard these words, they crept one by one from their corners and kneeling down before their master, confessed their fault and asked his pardon. He frowned upon them for a while and scolded them too, but he soon relented and said he would forgive them this time and would only punish them by making them carry more treasure to the forest and hide it in the trees until all the leaves with Mr. Sun's help were covered with gold and ruby coats. Then the fairies thanked him for his forgiveness and promised to work very hard to please him. And the good-natured king took them all up in his arms and carried them safely home to his palace. From that time, I suppose, it has been part of Jack Frost's work to paint the trees with the glowing colors we see in the autumn. And if they are not covered with gold and precious stones, I do not know how he makes them so bright. Do you? The End I hope you enjoyed tonight's story, The Frost Fairies. As we leave autumn and enter winter, I want to thank you so much for listening, for downloading, for sharing, commenting, all the amazing reviews. It's been a wonderful year at Fairy Sleepy. And I want to thank you so much for your support. I'm working hard on season three for next year. So tonight's story will be the last story of 2022. I want to wish you all a very happy and safe holiday season. And I want to wish you a happy new year filled with wishes and dreams coming true. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us so much. And I hope you'll join us again next year. I'm Ashley Lambert. And this is Fairy Sleepy. Until next year, good night.